Hello and welcome to this week's look at action and stunts on film and television. And we're looking this week at a, uh, a documentary that was screened not too long ago called Hollywood Bulldogs, the rise and falls of the great British stuntman. And it's very important, it's a very poignant look at the way in which... Um, stunt performers make a huge difference to every production now i've been saying this for a very long time that as far as i'm concerned you'd expect me to be biased i know but as far as i'm concerned the stunt performer and the stunt team is the most important unit on that set people from hair and makeup will go i think you're wrong Lighting. No, 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 it's us. But, yeah, okay. Everybody needs hair and makeup doing, okay? Everybody needs the right lighting. But that's the actors, predominantly, in that scene. When there are action sequences or there are stunts to be performed which the actors do not need to do, then the stunt performers come in and they keep that ball rolling because at some point and again i know i'm going over old ground but at some point the actor will continue to do the stunts himself her himself herself and will get themselves into a situation where they injure themselves and production grinds to a halt so the stunt professional hugely hugely important um and this is a documentary that this is a film it's about two and a half hours long, two hours and a bit. And um, if you haven't seen it, it's on ITVX. That's predominantly... Is that UK and Ireland? Maybe I'm... I just want to verify where that is. I've had a lot of inquiries of late um, since we promoted the episode for last week, because it was coming out uh, last week that people in Europe and the rest of the world weren't so sure where they were going to get it from. BritBox might be the other alternative if you're um, just wanting to watch it. Um, it was originally to be um, a cinema screening and then to have a DVD release. Now, I know this because at a relatively early stage of the production, I was contacted by Hank Stars, who's uh, the producer of, um, of this particular documentary, and asked to take part in some shape or form. They'd recognised that I'd got an archive and got some knowledge in connection with each of the individuals concerned. Wanted to know, can we get a brief background on each of those? And uh, if you have any photographs or uh, footage that you could put together for each of the performers, that would be hugely beneficial. And so that's how that, I think it was 20, mm, 2019, maybe something like that. And uh, uh, I managed to get uh, as much information as I possibly could. I wrote a whole bunch of, I wrote sleeve notes in point of fact for the DVD. Um, not entirely certain if that ever got to that stage because then BritBox bought the whole idea. And it was shown uh, on there and has been on there ever since. But if there is ever a DVD release, uh, with a bit of luck, uh, the words that I put together for the, the notes will be there. But that was my involvement 
and uh, the idea that it would be done by somebody like John Spearer and Hank Starr made a lot of sense to me because uh, these guys were responsible for the uh, wonderful documentary about Elstree in 1976 and uh, the record of, of working in that environment leading up to Star Wars, which of course came out in 77. I enjoyed that enormously and I thought, well, these guys really have their finger on the pulse here. They, they, they can certainly make a change and do some good as far as telling the real story is concerned. Their style of filmmaking, um, their style of, uh, of documentary uh, filmmaking was something that appealed to me enormously. And then you look at the subjects in our documentary. You look at the subjects and these are those individuals that make a huge difference to the business um it's 2023 if you look at the quantity the amount of stunt performers that are on the british register today it's huge there are i mean bear in mind that when these boys started originally and i'm referring to ray austin um, in fact, it was before Ray, because Ray wasn't even on the original, not to my knowledge, wasn't on the first um, register. So he'd worked between the, the, the 50s and the 70s. And by the time that 73 came around, he was establishing himself as not only a writer, but a director in the States. So a great deal had changed. So he was absolutely a ma massive pioneer. But those individuals... Uh, the remaining ones that, that would appear in the register on a regular basis would be um, Jim Dowdle, Paul Weston, Rocky Taylor, Greg Powell, Richard Hammett, and uh, 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 Frank, you know, Frank Henson. These guys were hugely, hugely important to the situation as far as action was concerned. And the story that they tell is is very 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 important indeed now you couple that with vic who then sits on top of that ideally because of the nature of the, the the way in which his involvement came way back as well because of his father's uh, um, his father was a racehorse trainer his father was a farrier in point of fact but uh, through um through a great deal of national hunt racing and him riding himself so You've got all of these guys together, and between them, I mean, they are responsible for some of the most remarkable action sequences, uh, individual stunts, in cinema, full stop. And I think that it's hugely beneficial that you'd have those individuals for this documentary, because this documentary almost tells itself. Once you have these people, you know, in one in one particular documentary well the, the stories are fantastic if you've seen the program you will be aware um that uh, they have some remarkable stories they have some uh wonderful stories about their time on set their time leading up to being a performer you know the backgrounds that they came from Jim Dowdle is a, is a brilliant example of somebody who was absolutely 150% passionate about, you know, the military. And his sister, working for Bapti, it's, it's, a, it's a, um, a gift, an absolute gift. 
and and fair play to the guy as he says himself fair play to the guy from Bapti because his sister had said look my brother is a nut about military and he would absolutely adore to be here at some can we give him a try his knowledge of the whole thing is remarkable but he can learn so much while he's here and fair play to the people from Bapti who said okay get him along and his first job as an armourer, you know, one of his first jobs as an armourer uh, was either on Kelly's Heroes. Just remarkable, you know. And then to get to a stage later on down the line, as we, we found out ourselves in Where Eagles Dare, that uh, they have, um, he has, as the armor, as the assistant armourer, then has to teach somebody how to use that particular weapon to make it look genuine. To give them that, yeah, this is what you do, this is how you make it look like you know what you're doing. And not everybody is that quick on the uptake. And so the director said, well, you look more or less young enough to be a German soldier. You put the uniform on and you do it. And all of a sudden he started getting work. And then he started getting extra bits and pieces. And then before too long, he said, oh, the stunt guys, this is interesting, you know? Because prior to that, he'd left and gone to the circus. It is one of those stories. So each of them having such a remarkable input input into the business as we know it today and they are you know that they they've got uh, family members who are in the business or they know people who are in the business but i mean there's, there's a great many individuals there who those names the powell names the armstrong names the henson names you know um they will go on and go on and go on and uh, generations to come so if you haven't seen that i urge you to do so it's absolutely essential piece of viewing and for those who need their appetites wetting here is the trailer my first film was the dirty dozen and i didn't know shit from toothpaste if you've got these senses fear do you recognize these guys it was an ace-dump business, like it is now. Taxi drivers, bouncers, barmen. I was working in a factory in North London. They might look like any bunch of old geezers, but they're pretty special. I could put my back against a friend and punch my way out of a room. They wanted someone to drive the Z-type quite quickly. Didn't mind getting bashed up or running around, because that's what they was doing anyway. He said, you want to do a stunt in a movie? So I said, yeah. Not knowing it was a stuntman. Didn't know the word stuntman. It's like when I came out of the army, or I went for job interviews, and they said, what are you good at? And I go, well, I'm very good with a light machine gun. That's not really what we're looking for. That one there, he was in the yellow charts. He said, I've got this actor on this film. He's a dead ringer for you, you know. A few of them were Superman. I got into films like that where I was doubling main actors. Him? I'm doubling the arch villain. He was John Wayne. First time I did a stunt with him, he bollocked me. Pretty much all of them have been James Bond at some point or another. 007 is the holy grail of stunts. And some of them, well, they're still going. Why wouldn't you keep going? I mean, it's just, it's fun. The family pay for it. I miss the kids because I was travelling a lot. When it's too late, what do you do? A little bit of dignity in old age is good. Bang! And he kicks me in the nuts. 
I think the industry's changed an awful lot. I do think the characters have disappeared that were. They're the guys who made film exciting and they're ready to tell their story. You can't run away from fire. There's a lot of backstabbing. It's very incestuous business. It's a great life for me. You had to fend for yourself. It's cutthroat. If you got hurt badly, you were out and gone. Being responsible for that is not very nice. You know, that film ruined my life. I think, why am I doing this? <laughs> I wish I could do it again. I wouldn't change any of it. I'd save some of my money, though. <laughs> Hollywood Bulldogs. The rise and falls of the great British stuntman. It's terrific, and it has the dulcet tones of Ray Winston as the narrator of this uh, particular documentary. Um, I'd also like to think that I had something to do with that as well, because... Um, Ray had been very good in agreeing to write the foreword for Rocky's book, uh, which, of course, I was involved with. And so we had a bit of a chat um, in relation to this. And in his opening chapter, in his foreword, he recognises the fact that there were individuals that, as an actor, they liked to hang about with the the stunt performers. And so I think there was... A few ideas thrown about, and uh, Ray's name went into the hat, and Rocky had made the initial communication to Ray to say, look, there's this documentary, and wouldn't it be great if you were involved? I'm under the impression that that's how that happened. But it kind of works, you know? It really works, because as uh, as Vic says, and as, as Rocky says, and Greg says, in this documentary, they're all saying, well, there was a lot of stunt people at the time. What, what did Vic say in the... Um, you only lived twice, there was 120 stunt performers. Well, there weren't 120 stunt performers back then. Um, there were, you know, a handful and a bunch of folk from this gymnasium, uh, this judo club, and there were a bunch of lads who were proper villains. They were bouncers at night, um, you know, um, and maybe they'd got a record in the past for a bit of GBH or... A bit of armed robbery, you know, that sort of stuff. I mean, villains, not your fly-by-nights that you might have these days. These were old, fat, these were these were folks that would go into post offices, some of these characters, and yet this is just to make the numbers up. They would go and train at a gymnasium because they wanted to keep themselves in shape, but they were not the nicest pieces of work, some of them, and consequently they had a bit of a record as long as your arm. And when it got to a certain level of we need X, Y, and Z to do this, you know, even the hardest, toughest folk back then who, you know, weren't worried about hitting you over the head with a pick helv, um, weren't prepared to do up to the top of the roof and abseil down with one arm whilst fire, firing a Tommy gun with the other. You know, there were, there were, there were implications along the way that, that not all of them were capable of doing it. And consequently, that number then dwindled. And rightly so, I think, because, you know, the, the quality of a certain performer is based on their ability. You know, they're, they're, they're good. Why are they good? Well, because they tick all of those boxes. And not only do they tick all of the boxes, but they give it 150%. So, in the original days, back in 1973, when the register was formed, 50 years ago this year, um, it did get to the stage where you just had those individuals who were 
prepared to go the extra mile. Now, faces have changed considerably over the years, but the subjects in this documentary have remained. It's particularly poignant of late because uh, the documentary is dedicated, of course, to uh, um, uh, dear Frank Henson, um, who is sadly no longer with us. Dougie Robinson was one of the advisors on that as well, and he's no longer with us. And, and of course, Richard Hammett passed away very recently. So those, but those faces were there at the beginning and they remained there right the way through that journey. Hi, I'm Rob. I'm Simon. And I'm James. We want to talk about those movies. Those supposedly bad movies. Those movies that bombed. To see if they weren't that bad after all, join us every other Tuesday on the For Your Reconsideration podcast, part of the Pop Dojo Podcast Network. You can catch us on iTunes, Spotify, and all your usual podcast apps. And it won't cost you a solitary bean, mate. <laughs> it's like it's free. <laughs> it's just like it's free. <laughs> so that will give you a flavour of uh, of what is to be expected from this. If you are in parts of the world where you cannot access um, BritBox and you don't have access to ITVX, um, then... There will. What I'm going to do is I'm going to um, uh, option an email address uh, that you'll be able to contact me on. And if you want to know more information about it um, or something of that nature, drop me a line, and uh, maybe we can get a copy out to you. All right. So that's the that's the the, the point here. If that's a, a consideration, we'll do the very best we can. But do me a favour and just uh, uh, hang fire on that, if you will. But I'll give you further information along the line and then maybe we can come up with something. Um, so that'll do for now. Uh, just a brief one here just to fill the gap, you know, but I want that's important to uh, take a note of this documentary. So please, if you haven't seen it, go and see it. And we'll be back next week with more of the same. And until then, it's bye for now. <laughs> <laughs>